Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It is Friday, April 9th, 2021. And this is your favorite podcast. I hope so. The Amen Corner. The Amen Corner Podcast. My name is Mike Purvis. I'm your host. And alongside me is my co-host, Joshua Powell. Josh, how you doing today, bro? I'm doing great. And yourself? I'm doing good. Um... I'm hoping this is true. Y'all, we're getting this in real time. Um, so there was, this is kind of unrelated to what we talk about here, but this is kind of unrelated. Um, there were reports about the fact that um, rapper DMX had passed away, but those reports were refuted last night. And now I'm beginning to see, as I literally just opened up my Instagram as I was doing this, um, this introduction that those reports are beginning to be confirmed once again. Um, as far as it's coming through double XL magazine, the shade room and other, um, facets of areas as such. So we want to say rest in peace to rapper DMX. Um, prayers out to him and his family and may his legacy wow. live on. I'm looking now on my Instagram and like Bleacher Report is posting it. Only the official sites that weren't posting it last night are officially posting it now. So I guess we can wow. go ahead and say that he has officially um, passed away. Mm. Well, um, did not expect to begin the show that way, but hey, man. Um, today, we're, uh, back to what we were talking about, um, Make sure you follow us on our social media platforms. Um, Instagram at the Amen Corner Podcast. Twitter at underscore, at the Amen Corner. No, I had it right first, the first time. At underscore the Amen Corner. And um, Facebook, the Amen Corner Podcast. um, To be able to follow us for updates when we drop new episodes. Um, We're going to try to expand our content a little bit more on that and post some things throughout the week. Um, I'm thinking about doing a thing where we post highlights from certain areas of the show. I'm just trying to figure out how we're going to um, maneuver through that. That might be a feature that comes on if we decide to continue the show. Who knows? Um, Make sure that if you cannot find any of our social media platforms that you're looking in the link tree that is posted to all of our social media platforms in order to be able to find um, the different areas and different places that you can listen to this podcast. That's what I was trying. I was rambling. Sometimes I do that. I ramble in order to be able to get my next thought. But yes, shout out to everybody who's listening to us on different social media platforms, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, um, and SoundCloud. Everybody who's listening to us on those distinctive platforms, um, thank you for continuing to rock with us and listen to us there. All right, so this episode, we're going to be talking about traditionalism within the church. Um, There was a very well-known gospel singer who had come out with some um, with some comments concerning about the traditions and values of a certain denomination that we'll get into later on. Um, and instead of really being able to, you know, come at that person or attack what they were saying, I think that 
it opens the door to have really good discourse about how we view traditions and practices within the church, specifically the black church. So um, we're going to be talking about that in our main topic. But with that being said, let's go ahead and get into the trending topics. Um, the most recent news that came out is um, that a pol- that the police in Canada um, blocked and barricaded a church over COVID-19 violations. Um, health officials in Alberta, Canada made the decision to physically close a local church building until its leaders agree to finally comply with coronavirus regulations. Police vehicles blocked entrances to the parking lot of Grace Life Church in Edmonton Wednesday morning, and temporary fencing was erected around the building. The congregation has met normally since summer 2020, despite requirements that church gatherings limit capacity, require masks, and practice social distancing. Over the last nine months, the province health department fielded more than 100 complaints about Grace Life and conducted 18 inspections, resulting in multiple fines in order to comply. His pastor was arrested and spent a month in jail, refusing the conditions of bail, and th- that he agreed to follow health regulations. So, wow. uh, as officials surrounded the church, dozens of Grace Life members gathered outside and sang hymns, according to a report by The Globe and Mail. Please pray for our wisdom as our elders navigate this new development. One tweeter, one member tweeted, I sure will pray for y'all wisdom because y'all are bugging. <laughs> posted, posted, posted a screenshot of the view of the new fencing from the church's security camera um I feel like now people who are on the side of having church now and we've talked about this before in many episodes um when it comes to that people who are on that side what I'm trying to say is they are more so in the sense of protecting their religious freedom in their rights to peaceful assembly. But how peaceful is the assembly when it's causing people when it or when it can cause people to become more susceptible to a deadly virus? Mm. How peaceful is this assembly if after multiple laws have been passed that are not passed for the oppression of the church, everybody's saying that the church is being persecuted and the church is being. I, to a certain extent, I don't agree with that. The church is not really. I, I am of the persuasion that when it comes to this, the church is not being oppressed. The church is being reprimanded for being irresponsible. That, mm. that that's really what we're dealing with here more than anything else is the irresponsibility of some leaders and pastors that don't have enough insight to be able to know. Or to be able to take care of their flock, that's really what we're seeing. And then their their um, their member gonna come out and tweet, "Please pray for wisdom." I will. But pray for wisdom. That, pray mm-hmm. for wisdom that y'all learn how to, how to use a live stream and get online and 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 tell the Lord thank you. <laughs> that that's what I'm a. That that's what that's the wisdom I'm praying for for y'all. Cause. I don't know. I just lost patience. I'm sorry if this seems like that. I've, <laughs> nah, I've, I've lost patience with churches that just continually think that, you know, they're making a statement by putting their members in danger. You're not. For real. You're really not. For real. <laughs> Maybe. I'm not going to say that. Uh, continuing. <laughs> <laughs> continuing. Oh, man. Um, 
After guiding students through the Faldwell sex scandal, Liberty U campus pastor resigns. Um, before I read the article on this, just to give you a little bit of background on the Faldwell scandal, um, a man by the name of Jerry Faldwell, who was, if I'm not mistaken, the president of Liberty University, which is a evangelical, uni- mm. uh, very popular evangelical university, got caught up in a sex scandal with him and his wife. Um, wow. Yeah, I'm, it's very. It's. I might have to tell you what happened, Josh, off the record because really, I don't. <laughs> let Let's just say that. Um, actually, no, I'm not even going to do that. Yeah, sex scandal. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> it was, uh, just, let's just say that their acts were lewd enough to be able to um, that it forced I should say Falwell to uh, resign from his post as either a staff member or as president of Liberty University um, now we're hearing that David Nasser Liberty University's campus pastor and senior vice president of the school's spiritual development office who helped steer students through the shameful sex scandal involving the institution's former president, Jerry Falwell Jr., so I was right, he was the president, will resign at the end of the semester. With his wife, Jennifer, by his side, NASA, who began working with the university in 2014 after serving as pastor of Christ City Church near Birmingham, Alabama, posted in a video to students Wednesday that his semester will be his last. After seven years of being part of this staff as campus pastor, I'm going to try to be as non-sarcastic as possible when I read this next line. But the Lord is transitioning me out of this role. All right, brother. <laughs> and that will be, and this will be my last semester here. I'm hoping that it was the Lord and not more sex scandals coming out. <laughs> but I'll leave it at that. He explained that God, or uh, this is an, I'm, I'm kidding, but this is an italics here, or another sex scandal, who knows. <laughs> well, he explained that God, or another sex scandal, is calling him to move with his family <laughs> to Nashville, Tennessee, and serve at an exciting new nonprofit, which he did not name. We'll be moving to Nashville to lead an exciting new nonprofit that we believe God has given us tremendous favor to do. Although his ministry is less than two years old, it has fast and become a force for good in a pretty massive and unusual way. Um, Nasser said what compelled him to take the job at Liberty seven years ago was a similar call from God to help raise up evangelists and hopefully not raising up more ignorant evangelicals. I'm sorry, y'all. I, I, know, I'm, I know I'm very brash today, but y'all, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> what, compelled me, what compelled my heart to say yes seven years ago was not the job, but the call very called to serve and love and to daily give allows the way to a group of college students as a mentor of mine always says you ultimately don't change a generation you get to raise a new one so back in 2014 we came here in hopes to play a small role in raising a new generation we love church planning so we came up to raise church planners we wanted to see the great commission carried out we wanted we so we came here to raise an evangelist in a statement liberty university assured that nasa is departing on good terms now if he's departing on good terms, my guess is, I hope the Lord bought him over there because my guess is it's the most stuff that we're getting ready to hear about Liberty University. But hey, that's just me. Who knows? <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> yeah, these these trending topics are giving me a headache. Let's just go to the next section. Um, I know we told you that we were going to do the what's in your playlist, but the more I... um looked at what this section would be the more um 
I think it should evolve into a little bit more from that. Like I said, it, it will, too, um, in the last episode as far as what we talked about, as far as new records, new albums that come out. Specifically, I want to talk about in this portion is the Stellar Awards. The Stellar Awards, for those of you who do not know, are pretty much like the Grammys for tradi- for um, gospel music. Not just traditional, but contemporary and traditional gospel music. Um, nominations open to the general public on, um, I want to say the 5th, and I think they're going to be closing around the 12th or maybe a little bit later. Um, so, I went and actually voted. I didn't, I'm not going to sit here and tell y'all everything that I, um, that I specifically voted for, or everybody that's up, that everybody that I specifically voted for, because it was like 30 topics, and that would take us like the entire show, and I didn't want to turn a show into that, so, I just picked, hold on, I'm sorry, y'all, let me count them, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, alright, so I just picked 11 random ones, and I'm just going to show you who I voted for and who I picked, um, for Artist of the Year, surprisingly, I picked Maverick City Music. I don't know. I've been hearing a lot about them, and they've really been on one for the last few months as far as the consistency of what they drop. Um, I agree with that. So that's why I picked them. Ouch. Song of the Year, Never Be Defeated. I don't know if y'all have heard that one. That one's by Rich Talbert. Everybody's singing that one. Everybody's praise team mm-hmm. is singing that one. So I... I Right. <laughs> I, I would be surprised if that one didn't win, to keep it honest. Um, male artist PJ Morton. That Gospel According to PJ album was amazing. So that's why I'm giving him that. Female artist Kiara Sheard. Um, she's definitely been. I picked more. That was more so. Of, I have. I'm going to be uh, honest here. I haven't fully listened to her project, but that was more of a popularity vote for me than anything else. Um, so that's why I really give that to her. New artist, Rich Talbert, the same person who did Never Be Defeated that we were talking about earlier. Album, Never Be Defeated. That whole album is amazing. I, lo- I love that album. And there's a whole lot of stuff that folks... There's a whole lot of uh, cuts from that album that everybody's praise team is singing. Uh, choir of the Year, Ricky Dillard. If he doesn't win, I'm boycotting the Stellars. There is nobody there in that nomination <laughs> that is topping uh, his choir, his most recent Choir Master album. I'm just going to leave it at that. If right. he doesn't win, I'm boycotting the Stellars. Um, <laughs> producer, J. Drew Sheard, not, not, the, not the bishop that we just talked about in the other episode. Um, his son, who is also Kiara's sister, does a lot of the stuff. With the, he did an amazing job on Kiara's album and the Clark Sisters album. I think he deserves that. Contemporary duo chorus, Maverick City Music. I think Maverick City Music is going to bring back a lot of Stellar awards. That's just me. Um, traditional duo, the Clark Sisters, who is, um, like I just said, J.J. Shear, Kiera Shear, Bishop Shear, that whole family. Um, yeah. Contemporary male artist. I picked Todd Delaney for this one because that, um, that album that he did, what was it called? Back to the Book. I think that deserves some sort of award. So, I think one I forgot to add here was quite, um, I think it was like Best New Choir or something like that. Something that Vincent Something that Vincent Bohannon is um, an SOV is nominated for, and I think they should win. They should most definitely win an award. If they don't, they've been snubbed a lot, and they bring out a whole lot of good stuff that mm. people that people sing still. So, um, yeah, they need to win an award sometime, anytime. <laughs> like, come on, now, Stellars. <laughs> I don't know. Right. I've, di- <laughs> I've dismissed the Stellars after um, 
It was either after Lecrae dropped Church Close 2 or Church Close 3. It was the one, either either it was that one or the um, or the project he did with Zaytoven. That had um, Hammer Time on it, plugged in, all of that. And he lost to Kenton Jones. What? Yeah. In the Stellars. And, Jones. and ever wow. since that, I've kind of side-eyed the individuals on the Stellars. They're turning into the Grammys low-key. But that's neither here nor there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm just going to leave it Ken at that. Jones. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, well, it's be, it'll be interesting to see who wins. So, yeah, I think it's... They, they either take place in late April or early May. I, I, don't, I can't think of it off the top of my head. Alright, so with that being said, let's go ahead and jump into this main topic. Traditionalism within the church. So, the Black Pentecostal Church has been in somewhat of an uproar um, within these past few days because one of um, the individuals who is a gospel singer that is, um, her name is LaShawn Pace. She's a part of a group called the Anointed Pace Sisters. Um, she recently came out with a video that pretty much said that she was openly rebuking the Church of God in Christ. And in her rebuke of the Church of God in Christ, um, she said something along the lines of, quote, Bishop Mason had it right. Women should not be wearing makeup, earrings, um, pants, things like that, and pretty much just condemning those individuals who are teaching the opposite. So like I said, I don't want to turn this into a um, Lashun Pace attack due to the fact that I personally think that um, based off of the situation, she lost her mother and her sister all within the same year, um, and there may be some of the grief that's coming from that. I don't know. But um, I didn't want to turn it into a attack on her. But I really wanted to create a discourse. or Not really a discourse. That's not the word I'm looking for. But a conversation is the word I'm looking for. Um, about traditions in the church and how we view them. Um, a lot of these traditions that she was talking about were really instituted as far as the Church of God in Christ go by many of the older um, generations and the older preachers of the church um, and they were really trying in in a sense to sort of set a standard of holiness and um, things like that but I believe that when it comes to stuff like that it sort of creates um, it opens the door I'm trying to figure out how I'm saying this so that's why I'm kind of taking my time here um I believe that in a sense it creates or opens the door for a lot of um, for a lot of inconsistencies. Like for example, a lot of the um, traditions concerning um, wardrobe, dress wear, things like that, are more so pointed towards women when you hear them in the church. Um, it's also talking about mm. women shouldn't wear this, shouldn't wear that, shouldn't wear this, shouldn't wear that. You don't really hear a whole lot about the men when it comes to. Um, when it comes to even sex or anything like that, things are more so pointed towards the women as far as like don't get pregnant before you get married, don't have sex before you get married. All those things are really more so pointed towards women and 
men, if they do those things, really only get really only get like a slap on the wrist for it. And I thought it was a little bit interesting to see that most of our traditions in the church that we sort of uphold are really low-key based in misogyny. Sorry to say, but that's how I feel. Um, so yeah, that that's just me setting the stage for that. I'm gonna go ahead and get into this million dollar question. I'm not gonna stay on this topic long. I don't want y'all to get mad at me, um, and 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 then cancel me. So <laughs> I'm not gonna stay on this topic. Cancel me. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not trying to get canceled. So let's go ahead and get to this million dollar question. What steps should the church take in order to unlearn harmful traditions? Um, my pastor says something on Facebook. Um, my pastor from Minnesota, Pastor McKinley Moore, I know he's probably going to listen to this, um, said something on Facebook that I agree with wholeheartedly. He said, your church has its traditions. Your church has its practices. Your church has its doctrines. All of these have value, but only one of them is binding or obligated or required. Wow. And doctrine is really the only thing that is obligated or required to be um, executed or when I say executed I mean to be practiced and things like that within the church now I will say this the biggest way that we can begin to unlearn these traditions is by fully learning the scriptures and learning the doctrine a lot of these traditions and a lot of these practices that we uphold in the church either misconstrue or contradict a lot of the scriptural things that we teach like for example the whole uh, I think Bishop Patter, G. Patterson talked about this too the whole women wearing pants situation I know I'm going to get cancelled now so oh well um Jeez. the whole women wearing pants situation goes back to a verse in Leviticus I think it's Leviticus that says that um, a woman should not wear anything that pertaineth to a man and people took that to say that women shouldn't wear pants but if you re- but if you actually look up the word pants and the concept of pants, you don't really see anything until like the sixteen or seventeen hundreds, which is at least a thousand which is at least a thousand years after Jesus came and did um well Jesus came and performed his ministry and went on the cross and things like that. It was many, many years after uh the Mosaic Law and all of those things were written. So for the most part, those people in those times really just wore tunics and stuff like that. They weren't wearing pants. So there's no way that they could have been specifically talking about pants. And it's things like that, just talking about how we focus so much on how we're supposed to look and how we're things like that. But really, we really don't focus on changing the heart as much as we should. Now, now, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong when I say this. I believe that when you come into the house of God, no matter where you are, no matter what you do, you should have a standard and you should not come in there just looking like anything or anybody. I wholeheartedly believe that. But what I, I definitely also, agree. But I also believe that at the end of the day, a lot of these things that, and a lot of these standards that are more so catered towards the women of our church are in a sense misconstruing what the context of the scriptures actually say. And I believe that if we focus on, you know, changing the heart and things like that, then God can come in and do the work as far as being able to, if somebody's not, what I'm trying to say, if somebody's not dressing the right way, 
or, or it's not dressing in a sort of, I'm talking men and women here, as far as a modest apparel, if we teach them to come in and, took, and teach them about the love of Jesus, then Jesus and God can come in and change that heart, and eventually that person will change the way that they look. They'll change the way that they, I heard a, um, like for example, when it comes to people sagging their pants, people always tell them to pull your pants up, pull your pants up. I heard a person say this, stop telling the young men to pull their pants up. If you pull their minds up, their pants will follow. Like, it, it, mm. like it's a mindset change. You know what I'm saying? It's a mindset change and it's a heart change that has to be done. Because to be honest, there are a lot of people who, who dress modestly and don't live up to the standard that they begin to portray. And there may be people that look like they just came in from pickup basketball that are living holy and living sanctified. You know what I'm saying? You can't just base it right. off the look. You know what I'm saying? Salvation is an inside job. But I'm through right. talking about that. Josh, how do you feel about the million dollar questions? What steps should the church take in order to unlearn harmful traditions? Mm. So what I think, the ch- so like basically the question is, hold on, give me one second. So like, so the question is like, uh, what steps should the church take in order to unlearn harmful traditions? Mm-hmm. So I believe like when it comes to the church, like there's a lot of traditions mm-hmm. and it's actually crazy because yesterday, um, <laughs> um, I was actually talking to Mike about this earlier, but, um, what was it? I met a, I met a, um, I met a Hebrew Israelite yesterday oh. and <laughs> like they have, and they have, they have like traditions and stuff like that. Like he was wearing um, something called, uh, it was like shites or something like that. Like. Or I, I don't know, it was something that he was wearing, and it, it was it was it was crazy because the conversation, like, he was talking about like traditions in the church, and like, you know, like for example, like you know, like as Mike said, like you know, sagging your pants, you know, like you know, because when I when I when I started going to church growing up, you know, as a kid, you know, it was always like me wearing like a button up with like a tie, you know what I'm saying? When I go when I go to church every Sunday, but like. You know, as you see, I feel like the generation that we are in, <clears throat> I feel like the generation that we are in, I believe that there's a lot of, there's a lot of um, different things. Like, for example, like you see, you see how like sometimes at church, like not everybody's going to dress up and not everybody's going to wear a blazer or, you know, not everybody's going to wear a turtleneck. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I believe like, you know, like, you know, we could come like who Christ says that we are. You know what I'm saying when it comes to the church, because, you know, I, I believe when it comes down to it, you know, the steps that the church should take is because I feel like, you know, I feel like it's the older generation too, right? Like, I feel like it's the older generation when it comes to church that it's like, okay, but like, you know, they, they see, they see it on a different standpoint. Like, you know, I've seen, you know, being at a youth service, and like the um, the usher would be would be mad because like the kids are out here doing things for the church and stuff like that differently than what they had when they were that when when they were brought up. You know what I'm saying? So I believe it's just like it should be like a no judgment zone kind of thing. Like it should be, um, you know, making sure that we all like you know do what we need to do. And then like if they and like you know if they do come with sagging pants, you know like you know, come with like clothes that are inappropriate and stuff like that, 
you know, that's it's, it's a mindset. Like Mike said, like, you know, we have to make the change. So they have to make the change themselves. So I think that's overall what I have to say. I think that was my answer overall, though. All right, so low-key, I'm going to challenge you on that older generation thing a little bit. I, You know I got to challenge you just a little bit. So um, I feel as though, because my grandma is one of those people, like no matter what anybody got on on a Sunday, she going to come in dressed to the nines no matter what. <laughs> because that's the way we were brought up um, uh, back in the day. And even then, I, I have been a – you know, beneficiary of going to a church that, you know, we wore suits every Sunday and things like that. And I believe that it's not just a sense of, I believe that in a, to a certain extent, it's not just, a, um, what am I trying to say? It's not them just being like fully jealous of us as like what we're doing. I just believe that, what am I trying to say? I guess it just may be, because everybody's in this, it depends on like where you, how you feel about it. I feel as though if you feel like you want to dress up and things like that, then like that's on you. Just as long, my thing is just as long as you're not coming in looking all types of crazy. My, th- right. my yeah. thing, like, like my thing is this. I don't, I'm not really at the persuasion that like I don't care if you wear Jordans, jeans, or something like that. But my thing is this: if you gonna come in in J's, don't come in with the creased up, dirty John that you just brought up in the party. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Coming with the Chris Jones that you, that that you may or may not have been trying to sell that you kept in the box since you bought them. Come out with them Jones on. You know what I'm saying? Come out with the uh, true religion pants that don't just look like you you left a construction shop or a construction site or something like that. If you're going dress down, at least dress down at your best. Come in looking fly and stuff like that. Because at the end of the day, I mean, there is we should be mindful about how we appear yeah. in the house of God. Regardless of regardless of if you wear a suit or if you don't wear a suit, there should be something and you should want to. That's that's the thing that I feel the older generation has a problem when it comes to our generation. They look at our dress and they feel like we don't want to give God our best. And that should really shouldn't that be. That was I'm weak. But, they, but, but, that, Sorry, but that really shouldn't be a thing that, I mean, Yes, if it's a dress and jeans, I, I, it's just a jeans type of thing. But at the end of the day, my my opinion on it is this: if you're gonna come in with that, at least try to come in with the best that you have, and try to give God the best that you have. You always want to give God your best in anything that you do, and that's all I'm saying about it. I don't. I know the older generation may not be used to like how we do certain things, and may think that our um, methods are a little bit unconventional. But I believe that we shouldn't take the position that they are jealous of us or they're hating on us and those who are i mean i i would say to them that that's probably not the way to go about it but i believe that this it creates we should create an environment to you know be able to talk to those older individuals and understand where they're coming from and why they feel the way they feel and in order to be able to understand that more so it's not because they're looking they don't really like what we're doing it's because their standard of what they give as far as as far as giving God their best and what we think is giving God their best is too it's, it may seem like two completely different things when maybe it just might be the same concept that's just packaged in a different format. You get what I'm saying? 
But yeah, that's really all I have to say about that. Let me see what it's gonna be a pretty short episode, uh, a little bit shorter than what we usually do. But all right, um, I think that's a good place to wrap up the conversation. Um, hope y'all enjoyed this episode. Um, if y'all, uh, we, uh, what am I trying to say? I can't speak today. I don't know this. I don't know the DMX thing is really is really weighing on me, y'all. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, yeah. So, follow us on social media. That's what I was getting to. We're going to post when this episode drops. I know we've been a little bit inconsistent about how we do that. But we're going to post when this episode drops. You can go and listen to it. Create conversation. I think we're on episode 9. So, um, we've got about 3 more episodes left in this season. So, if y'all want us to continue, please share with us, engage with us, and let us know. And we might continue giving our give y'all. I'm taking a break over the summer. Well, I'm sorry, y'all. I'm taking I'm taking a break over the summer. <laughs> well, y'all may get some bonus episodes here and there, but for the most part, I'm taking a break this summer. Um, those of you who are going to church, stay safe. Um, just talking with my mom about this. There is a new variant of COVID that is calling that UK variant that we were talking that um that. A, if you're watching the news that they were talking about earlier, it's like the most common variant found in the U.S. now. Um, a lot of younger people are catching the virus and getting a whole lot of, um, they're not really beating it like they would the original variant. So you want to be vigilant, make sure you're wearing your mask, social distance as much as possible, things like that. And Josh going to play his mask. Oh, that's great, yeah. Y'all, Josh is this whole episode, is, and uh, where are you at Starbucks right now? Yeah, I'm at Starbucks right now. We'll put, yep. put that mask on, what? <laughs> right. <laughs> but, yeah, um, anything oh, that you man. all are doing, especially during the summer, just make sure that it's safe. Make sure that you all are being safe, being smart. Um, yeah, so, I don't know, get some sun, y'all. Get some sun if you guys want to walk outside. But be cautious. Exactly. Wear your mask. Social distance when you're walking outside, though. <laughs> right. <laughs> you're walking right next to you. Um, yeah, I think that's all we had today. So, with that being said, I'm Mike Purvis. And I'm Joshua Powell. And we will see you again next week. All right. <laughs>